Greetings, friends, and thank you for listening to the podcast, The Church Dismantled, The Kingdom Restored, or the podcast, Walter Brueggemann, A Prophetic Voice for Our Times. I have two of these running together, and sometimes I put one episode on one of them and one on the other, so you might want to check out both of them. Sometimes I put the same episode on both podcasts. Just a reminder that my uh, autobi- my biography of Walter Brueggemann, the first biography of Walter Brueggemann, entitled Walter Brueggemann's Prophetic Imagination, a Theological Biography, is available for $13.80 on Amazon, and the Kindle book is about the same price as well. The final chapter of that book discusses the relationship between Walter Brueggemann and Jim Wallace over many decades, and the mutual collaboration that they've had in their prophetic voice to the uh, American church. So if you've not picked that book up uh, and you want to read more about their relationship and what each of them has brought, I invite you to do so. Thank you for joining me for this podcast. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the podcast, A Church Dismantled, A Kingdom Restored, a podcast about some things that God just may be up to in the world, in the church, in my life, in your life. I'm Conrad Kinegi. This is episode 111. Leaders who plan for their assassination, a body that reminds me of my horizon, and a grandfather, Pap Erie Reno, who had the wisdom to plan for his own descent into death. I awoke early one morning this week and grabbed a book that a friend had recently recommended by Andy Crouch, entitled Strong and Weak. I found it a wonderful read about leaders and the relationship between authority and vulnerability. Leaders who are vulnerable, but also lead with appropriate authority, create a space where people are safe and can flourish. But I was particularly struck by what Crouch said in the following quotes, the first in which he reflects upon the scholarship of Ron Heifetz about business leaders and others. A more accurate version, says Crouch, of Heifetz's dictum would be this. You only get to be assassinated once. So as far as possible, the ultimate responsibility of the leader is to choose wisely and well the form and timing of that descent. Indeed, someone who is not ready to descend to the dead, to hand over all authority and embrace maximum vulnerability, is almost certainly in the grip of idolatry. After all, there is another word for someone who will not give up power, especially one who devotes more and more energy to avoiding assassination, and that word is dictator. The primary responsibility of every leader is to prepare and plan for their descent to the dead. In other words, Crouch is saying that those who are not prepared to hand over their authority and embrace maximum vulnerability are in the grip of idolatry. God warns his people through Jeremiah that we become what we worship. When our identity becomes wrapped up in our leadership, It's a bloody awful mess to disconnect and let go as leaders. And the problem is that not only do we get bloody in the process, but everyone we are charged with caring for gets bloody too. Crouch goes on, Every leader needs to plan for how to lay down their authority once and for all. Many leaders need to plan to lay that power aside before their own communities would expect or demand it. It is hard to think of many things that do more damage to an organization than leaders who have no plan for how they will hand over power. No leader lives forever, 
and few leaders can or should, lead until the end of their natural lives. This responsibility is not just the leader's own. It is also the responsibility of the whole community to envision and plan for life beyond their current leader's tenure. When leaders do not actively plan for the end of their power, and when we who are led by them allow them to indulge fantasies of unending influence, they are idols, no matter how well disguised. Do you hear what Crouch is saying in this quote? Leadership, as pastors, parents, presidents, and more, is not for our own benefit, but for the benefit of those we lead. And the more we assume we are necessary to the whole enterprise, the greater the pain when we eventually realize, as we all will, that in fact we are not. But preparing for our assassination or our descent into death requires that we be vulnerable about our own humanness, something we're not so comfortable with in our own culture. In an essay in the New York Times on November 8, Ian Marcus Corbin explained the reason that so many stroke patients isolate following their stroke. He says this, To be in America, we are ashamed of being weak, vulnerable, dependent. We tend to hide our shame. We stay away. We isolate ourselves rather than show weakness. If forced to appear in public, we bluster and pose and project strength we do not actually possess. We're all kind of wary of one another in the United States. So either we smile to signal that we are strong, happy, and unthreatening, or we puff up our chest to show that we are impervious to fear. Weakness has a special sting if you understand it as a moral failing. I told someone this week, and became unexpectedly emotional in doing so, that the tremors I experience when I feel stress make it uncomfortable sometimes to be in my own body. This friend reminded me that the value of the tremors is that I can't hide my humanness anymore. My vulnerability as a leader is now front and center, which is also meant for me that I am reminded every day that my body, slowly but surely, faces its own dismantling, and that I better prepare for my own descent into death. Most days I don't find this discouraging or depressing. This constant reminder has meant that I am more focused on what I want to do and what I don't, what I can do and what I can't, who I want to be with and who I don't, who I will be with and who I won't, and most days I am more focused and freed also from any guilt about these decisions. For seeing my horizon has only enhanced the beauty of the days between here and there. Phil Clay in a New York Times piece also in November 8 noted that C.S. Lewis, on the eve of World War II, stated that, quote, human life has always been lived on the edge of a precipice, and that if men had postponed the search for knowledge and beauty until they were secure, the search would never have begun. Says Clay, that search yields beauty far more regularly than it has ever yielded any kind of mastery over our fates. So perhaps preparing for our assassination and our descent into death isn't just wise, it might just also lead to the greatest beauty we can ever imagine. My grandfather, Pap Erie Reno, a longtime minister at Locust Grove Mennonite Church and an overseer in the Conservative Mennonite Conference, well in advance of his retirement, informed the congregation that no matter what his health was, he would retire at 65 years of age. Pap, who was often called into congregations in conflict, had often said that he had observed too many old leaders who had destroyed their congregations by hanging on far too long, and he had no interest in doing so. At the top of his game and in excellent health, Pap said goodbye, and decades later that congregation continues to thrive. I don't think its vitality is unrelated to Pap's preparation for his assassination and the day of his death. And Pap, he went on to serve many years at a local retirement community as a deeply loved chaplain 
until he retired again, this time he said, because it just wasn't fun anymore. I love that statement. Pap knew when to say goodbye, and he allowed his heart to show him. Had he not made that intentional choice years before, however, to leave congregational ministry when he had committed to doing so, I suspect the fun would have stopped for Pap years before. Pastors, parents, presidents, and all leaders, our time is short and our influence even shorter. The more that we remember the first and let it guide the second, the greater our influence will extend beyond the horizon of our lives. But the more we focus on our influence without thought to our horizon, the more likely that both will be wasted and our memory associated more with darkness of night than the brightness of the horizon's light. Be still and know that I am God. This is Conrad Kanegi. Thank you for joining me for this episode.